we're glad to see you. Hello, everybody. Tonight, we're talking about the Word and the Spirit, and we are going to dive into what it means to know the Word and know the Spirit, and why it's important to know them together, right? Because separate, they don't work together too well, but together, they're perfect, right? It's a double-edged sword, and we're going to get into that tonight. We're going to talk about why it's important to know each one and why it's important to not just have one, but to have both. Why we need both to walk in the full calling of God, to walk in the full will of God, to know what God is speaking and what is saying, just to even basically step into the truth, right? That's the basics of what we're going to get into today. The word and the spirit coming together to bring us into ultimate truth, right? And we have to be surrendered to each to know truth, to walk in truth, and to be set free by truth, right? Because Jesus said they will know the truth and the truth will set us free. So we're going to talk about how we can know the truth, what things are going to lead us there. And tonight we're going to start with some prayer and then we'll get right into the teaching. So pray with me. Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight. We praise you and we thank you, Lord, for your word and for your Holy Spirit. Lord, they're both holy. They're both from you. And we thank you, Jesus, that you are active in each one that you are not separate, Lord, that you are not a God who is separate, but Lord, you are three in one. You are beautiful, Lord. The, the unity in who you are and Lord, who you created us to be with you is a beautiful thing. So Lord, bring us deeper into that unity, into that truth of who you are, of how you want to reveal yourself to us by your word and your spirit. Holy Spirit, you do the teaching, you do the talking. Anoint my lips tonight to speak your word and truth and to seek, speak it by your spirit, Lord. We praise you and we thank you for all things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Welcome, everybody. The Word and the Spirit tonight. First, I want to share a little bit of how both of these, the Word and the Spirit, played such a big part in my own life. So I'm just going to share a short testimony on the Word and the Spirit, and then we're going to get into why we need both, why they're so powerful together, and why they're going to lead us into truth. So a little bit of testimony is, I grew up a Christian, I grew up in a Christian household, but... I never really had a relationship with Jesus. What I mean by that is I never had that desire in my heart to read the Word of God and to know Jesus deeper, to walk in His ways, and to be set free by who He is, right? To know Him intimately, and not just to know about His Word in my head, not to just give the right answers on a piece of paper or in Sunday school, all these things, right, which are good things, but if it doesn't get to our heart, it really doesn't do us much good, right? Because I knew Jesus, I knew I was saved, I believed in him, but I also struggled with many other things and I wasn't walking in the fullness of what God had for me. But when I went to college, I started to read the word on my own because I saw other people doing it. I was influenced by other people, mentors ahead of me, who had a relationship with Jesus and I saw that it was something that I did not have. And so I went to the word and the word amazed me. When I read the word for myself, when I applied myself to the word, even when it was confusing, I let it have its effect on my heart, right? The word brings life to our mortal flesh. It will even give us life in our mortal flesh, right? It will revive us. It will revitalize us. And so we need the word of God. And so for many years, I was in the word. I was in love with the word. And me and my friends, we started this ministry, which we now know as Living Loved. And the summer before we started, I went to this church, right? This church that was a lot different than my church growing up. They talked about the things of the Spirit. They operated in the gifts of the Spirit. And one day I was asked if I wanted to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I wasn't so sure, but I was like, if it's in the Word, then I want it. And so they walked me through all these scriptures and explained the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I was like, all right, I want it. 
And so I received that day the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it was something very new, very fresh for me. But ever since that day, the word came even more alive to my spirit. And I've entered into this beautiful relationship with the Holy Spirit. The fellowship, the communion of the Holy Spirit, which is so amazing, right? And it's going to make me emotional, which is great. (laughs) Thank you, Holy Spirit. I love you, Holy Spirit. Anyway. These two things changed my life, the Word and the Spirit. But when they came together, it was truly powerful, right? Because the Spirit brings power, and there's power in the Word of God. And so we're going to talk about that, the power of them together. There's different ways that I can explain this, right? There's two different ways I like to explain it. And the first one, we're going to go to the Word for. Actually, we're going to go to all of these for the Word. But this one explains how I see it, right? It's in the Word. And so we're going to look for it. Hebrews 4, verse 12. And this is talking specifically about the Word of God. But then when we go to Ephesians, we're going to see just the fullness, the completeness of this picture. So Hebrews 4, verse 12, which says this, For the Word of God is living and powerful, or alive and active, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So the Word of God is alive. And it's powerful. It's not just some words on a page, although that's what it is in the natural, but spiritually, it's alive and powerful. It has the power to cut to our hearts, cutting between soul and spirit. Why is that important between, be, for it to cut between our soul and our spirit? Because our soul is our mind, will, and emotions, the things that we desire, things we think, the things we feel, and the spirit is the deepest, truest part of who we are. It's our heart. When the Bible talks about our heart, It's talking about the spirit that God has placed within you. And that's different from your soul. Your heart is what gets born again when you believe in Jesus. Your spirit is what desires God. Your spirit is what can come into communion with God. That's why when God breathed his breath of life into us in Genesis 2 verse 7, man became a living being. Before, he was just flesh. God created him out of the dirt, and that part of us is flesh. It's natural. But when God breathed his breath of life, his very spirit into us, we became a living being. Another example of this is in Ezekiel 37, where God tells Ezekiel, prophesy, son of man, to these bones, these dry bones. And he prophesies, and they come together flesh to flesh, and they're all together. They look like human bodies. But still, the Lord says they are dead. And he says, prophesy, son of man, prophesy to the four winds, and say, O four winds, blow into these slain that they may live, right? And so he prophesies and the wind blows and the spirit of God enters into these bodies and they became living beings, a great army, right? So there's life in the spirit when it breathes into us. And that's the power behind the word of God is the spirit. The spirit brings it alive to us. It's not just because it's good theology, it's good reasoning, it's good knowledge, but there's actual spiritual power behind the word of God, all right? So the word of God, it's living and powerful. It's sharper. It cuts between soul and spirit. It cuts past our emotions, past our own desires, past our own thoughts. And it cuts to the deepest part of us, our hearts, our spirits. And it discerns our thoughts and intents of the heart. So it sees the deepest parts of us and it allows us to discern. All right, am I living my life according to the word of God? Am I living my life in truth? Am I living my life in obedience to God's word? And it'll tell us that the more we apply ourselves, apply ourselves to being in the word of God, to letting it 
cut between our soul and our spirit. All right? And then we're going to go to Ephesians 6.17. And Ephesians 6.17 says something kind of similar, but it really emphasizes the fact of the Holy Spirit in all of this, which says, right? It's talking about the armor of God. And the last thing it says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now we just read in Hebrews 4 that the Word of God is like a sharp two-edged sword. So the Word of God is a sword. But now Paul says in Ephesians that the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. So the Word of God is a sword that the Spirit uses. It's the sword of the Spirit. It's the Spirit's sword. In the Amplified Version, it says the sword that the Spirit wields, which is the Word of God. So the Holy Spirit uses the Word of God as a sword, double-edged, to cut to the deepest part of us, to reveal truth, to discern our hearts, our intents of the heart. This is the power of the Word and the Spirit. Because if we just have the Word, if we just have our mind, we don't have the Spirit working in us, it just feels like words on a page. And that's why so many people are like, I mean, I read the Bible, but I'm confused. I don't know what's going on. Like, it says some good stuff, like... I love your neighbor as yourself. That's a good thing. Like everybody's pushing that now in the world, right? But they don't get the spiritual part behind it because they don't have the Holy Spirit working behind them. First of all, how do we receive the Spirit? We need to be born again of the Spirit. We need to believe in Jesus. And the Holy Spirit will work in us or around us, right? The Holy Spirit is everywhere. God is omnipresent, omnipotent, right? He's everywhere. He knows all things. His Spirit is everywhere. We can't escape from him like David wrote where can I go from your presence I can't go anywhere without the spirit of the Lord being there so he's always around us and he'll convict our hearts of sin judgment and righteousness right and Jesus even said this in John he said I'm gonna send the Holy Spirit to you he is with you now but later on he will be in you right because later in John 21 actually John 20 verse 21 I believe Jesus breathes on them, again, breathing, breath, wind, into the disciples, and they receive the Holy Spirit. He said, receive ye the Holy Spirit, and they receive the Holy Spirit within, Jesus, like just like Jesus had promised before his death. All right? So that's the Spirit. We need the Spirit within us. We need to first be convicted by the Spirit to believe in Jesus as Lord and Savior, as the Son of God and the Son of Man, the perfect sacrifice for all of our sin. Then we receive our spirit being born again by the Holy Spirit. So now we're born of the Spirit of God. And then we can use that. The Holy Spirit will then teach us to become children of God, to walk in His ways, to become like Jesus. All right, so that's the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. That's how they work within us. And we can't have the perfection of one without the other. The other analogy I want to use is, is a road, right? I've, I'm grown up in rural Midwest United States all my life so I'm used to just two lane roads right and so on one side of the road you have one ditch and on the other side there's another and down the middle of the road there's this straight line right and so what we want to do when you go down the road if you had this road all to yourself you want to go straight down the road right but so often we get ourselves in one of these ditches and Oftentimes, it's different churches will get themselves in these ditches, right? A lot of times, denominational churches will be in one ditch, which is the Word of God, which is good. But they lack the things of the Spirit. The, the church I grew up with, I'm so thankful that they taught me the Word of God. 
but they did not talk about the Holy Spirit. They didn't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They weren't operating in spiritual gifts. The background behind the denomination I was in didn't believe that the spiritual gifts were for today, that the Holy Spirit worked and that speaks to us, right? All these things. So they had the word of God, which itself is good, but it's not perfected without the Spirit. And then there's some churches where they're all about the Holy Spirit, spiritual gifts, speaking in tongues, and they go for it, right? But they don't have the grounding of the word to guide them into how they should be operating in the Spirit. They get off in different ways. They start saying things that don't make sense. They start operating in ways, right? Just like Paul had to write to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians 14, hey, this is the operating boundaries of when you should be praying in the Spirit, speaking in the Spirit, right? You need to be mindful of who's with you in the room. Are you with believers who are going to understand what's going on? Or are these people who are coming into your church going to think you're wild and crazy because you're talking in random languages, right? So we need to know the boundaries of when we should be operating in the Spirit, right? And there's no boundary to how the Spirit can move. We should be open to the Spirit moving at all times. But if we don't have the Word to show us how the Spirit operates, right, we might get in under the influence of a wrong spirit or just go off the deep end a little bit, right? So then we're in the other ditch. But if we get the Word and the Spirit come together, the perfect sword, the double-edged sword, Word and Spirit, we can drive down this road straightly, and we can keep ourselves in truth. We can keep ourselves from falling in either ditch, right? Praise God. Amen. All right. So that's why we can't have the perfection of one without the other. And you might be saying, okay, well, where's Jesus in all of this, right? We have the Word of God, and we have the Spirit of God, but isn't it Jesus who is the one who's the, tr the way, the truth, and the life, right? And that's exactly true. That's exactly right. But we see that Jesus plays a part in both the Word and the Spirit. If we go to John 1, John begins his gospel with this discourse or with this ex explanation that Jesus is the Word of God made flesh, right? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, giving the Word a personality, a person, right? He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Right? So we have the word of God. With God in the beginning is God. All things were made through him, right? Because God spoke, and the world and everything came into existence. And then in verse 14 it says, The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Right? God made flesh, we know as Jesus Christ, the man, Jesus Christ. And the Word became flesh. So Jesus himself is the Word of God. Everything was created by him, right? We think of God the Father and God the Son. So if, God, if Jesus is the Son of God, he came from the Father, right? And it's the Word of God, the spoken Word. Everything was created by him and through him, right? And it's a deep concept. But it's the truth. Jesus is of God, from God. He is the Son of God. He is the Word of God. And then he became flesh. He became like us. To dwell among us, to become the perfect sacrifice for our sins. Right? And then you might be saying, well, okay, how, well, how is Jesus involved with the Holy Spirit? Like, how, how is that? Well, let's go to Romans 8, verses 2 and 9. Verse 2 says this, For the law of the Spirit of life 
which is in Christ Jesus, has made me free from the law of sin and death. So the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. So we can't have this spirit of life without Christ Jesus, right? We need to make that first step, like we talked about earlier, of first of all, giving our life to Jesus, knowing Jesus. Then we can allow the spirit of life to come within us. That's what happens, right? And even in verse 9, it says this. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. So here Paul even says that the Holy Spirit, the spirit of God, is the spirit of Christ, right? It's the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead that now lives within us. So it's the spirit of Christ, the word and the spirit. They're both Jesus, but they're also their own thing, right? And that's just how God is. He's the Trinity. He's three in one. And it's amazing, right? It's all good. It's all God. Amen. All right. So Jesus is active in each. How do we let this affect our lives, right? First of all, we should be intimate with each. We should know the word of God intimately, and we should know the spirit of God intimately. And when those two work together, it will lead us and take us into the next level. It'll lead us and take us to deeper things of God, right? Because the word of God is deep. It's, there's so much depth. On the surface level, there's the natural interpretation for everything, right? And that's kind of what I was talking about earlier, denominational churches. They get the natural interpretation, but the deeper things of God need to hit our heart, and it's only the Holy Spirit who can take us into those deeper things, right? So then we also need to be intimate with the Spirit. We need to be in prayer. We need to be, in all honesty, baptized in the Holy Spirit. The Spirit says in 1 John three seventeen. Not 1 John 3.17. It's 1 John 2.27. says, The anointing, or the Holy Spirit, which you have received from him abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing you teaches you concerning all things, and is true, and is not a lie, and just as his, it has taught you, you will abide in him. So the Holy Spirit, which you have received, which abides in you, teaches you all things, and is true and not a lie and allows you to abide in him right so we're to abide in the spirit allow him to teach us to lead us into all things into all truth and jesus talked about this himself right why is this so important to know the truth to know the absolute truth john 16 verse 13 jesus says this about the holy spirit however when he the spirit of truth has come he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. So Jesus calls the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, who will guide you into all truth. So we can't have truth without the Spirit of God, because he is the Spirit of truth, who leads us into all truth. And then in John 17, verse 17, Jesus says this. He's praying for his disciples, and he says this. Sanctify them by your truth, or make them holy by your truth. Purify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Right? So we were just told that the word of God is truth. Straight out of Jesus' mouth, who is himself the word. Right? This crazy concept. But it's truth. Right? 
The word of God speaks that the word is truth. He, he is a witness to himself. He is truth. And the spirit of truth, the spirit of the word, the spirit that, or the sword that the spirit wields, the word of God, he is the spirit of truth who will guide you into all truth. So if we're going to know the absolute truth, we need to be submitted and intimate with both the word and the spirit. We need to be spending time in the word, reading through the word of God, but also at the same time, allowing the Holy Spirit to be teaching us, not trying to take our own interpretation from the soulish realm, right? From our mind, will, and emotions, not the things that we want the word to say, but saying, Holy Spirit, I submit myself to you right now. I ask you to teach me your word, which is truth. You are the spirit of truth. You lead me into all truth. Teach me your word, which is truth. If we come in with a true heart like that, the Holy Spirit is going to take us deeper with God. He's going to teach us the deepest things that we've ever received, right? He's going to touch our heart. The Holy Spirit is present. He's powerful. He reveals the living and powerful word of God to us because he himself is living and powerful, right? So it's just the fullness of God is the best way I can come up with explaining it. The fullness of God is the Word and the Spirit. That's how we get led into all truth. The Spirit of truth who leads us into all truth because the Word is truth. That's the power of the Word and the Spirit. You can even think of that sword. The sword that the Spirit wields, which is the Word of God. And the Word of God, which is living and powerful. A double-edged sword. Right? All of these things. You can think of this sword, right? Because we are to take up this sword as well. We are to be fighting for the kingdom of God. We are to be advancing the kingdom of God so we can use the word of God. But we also need the spirit working within us, the anointing of God upon us to walk and to fight this war, right? Because we just got done talking about the conflicting kingdoms, the kingdom reality, the kingdom of darkness versus the kingdom of light, the spiritual war that is going on all around you and I at all times. And we're called to take up the sword of the word of God by the spirit of God to fight every battle, right? To come against the evil one, to step on his head, to crush his head. We need the spirit of God and we need the word of God. And we need to come into the fullness of the truth of both of these things. Amen. Because all scripture is inspired by God and is used by God for teaching, rebuking, all of these things, right? So if we're going to walk in that truth, if we're going to walk in those ways, we need the Holy Spirit. We need the word of truth. So let's close today. Let's close this teaching today by praying. We're going to ask that the Holy Spirit would come and be the spirit of truth, who would lead and guide us into all truth, that the things of the word of God that the, the Holy Spirit wants to teach us, we would be open to. So just receive this prayer with me right now. Say, Spirit, I come to you right now and I ask you to teach me your word. You are the spirit of truth who, who will lead me into all truth. I believe that the word of God is truth. So spirit, use your sword to cut to the deepest part of my heart. Reveal every thought and every desire that doesn't align with your word. I thank you now. Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would touch every heart, that you would come upon them, that you would be the anointing that would teach them all things. 
even now. Holy Spirit, come. Come and teach us your word. Father, give us such a hunger for your word that we would never be satisfied, that we couldn't go a day without being fed by you, that the word of God would become alive and active within us. It would be living and powerful, that we would even speak it out of our mouth, and it would be having that same effect. Just as John saw Jesus standing there and his tongue as a sword, would you place the word of God within our mouths as a sword to cut to the hearts of men and women, that Holy Spirit, you would work and speak through us, that that sword of the Spirit would be coming out of our mouths, that we would be speaking the word of God in all truth, and that truth would set people free. Father, we don't look at the initial response of people. They might be hardened by us, but when the truth goes forth, it never returns void. It never returns empty. So, Father, we speak your truth with all boldness. We speak your word by the power of your Holy Spirit. Equip us with all the full armor, armor of God that we might stand on that day before you. And you would say, well done, good and faithful servant. So, Lord, we thank you and we praise you for all these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. That's what I have for you guys today. I thank you for joining me. If you're just watching now, you can go back and watch the whole thing later. If you guys would like to give to Living Love, if you've been affected by our ministry and you'd like to give, we have several ways you can give. The ways to give are now up on Facebook and YouTube, and so you guys can look those up. Otherwise, I'll read them to Instagram here. Cash app, dollar sign, we are living loved. PayPal, at we are living loved. You can text G-I-V-E, text GIVE to 855-760-2241 or probably the easiest way, you can go to wearelivinglove.org. There's a big tab on there that says GIVE now or if you scroll down, it says GIVE. So wearelivinglove.org, you can keep up with us there. What our mission is, what our goals are, who we are. All our testimony videos are linked into there. So you can watch my testimony, anybody on the team's testimony right there on our website, wearelivinglove.org. So I thank you guys for joining me tonight. I thank you guys for joining me tonight. We'll see you next week for the next Tuesday teaching.